0: The blue collar barbarians podcast brought to you by the blue collar barbarians network your new source for all things savagery tonight we got a hammer of a guest and literally a hammer uh or a spud wrench depending on how you want to look at it uh my buddy drew jacobs uh one of my brothers an iron worker as you guys know i'm an operator crane operator and being as being a crane operator you're probably your favorite people to work with, and the most prestigious kind of work, America's work, let's just say, is hanging iron. Drew Jacobs, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight, man. I really appreciate your time, and I've been looking forward to this interview, dude, like I have.
1: Yeah, man, same with me. I've been looking forward ever since we connected on social media, and ever since you asked me to have have me on, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Just had to free up some time in my schedule, and I'm glad we can get this happening for us.
0: Yeah, dude, it's gonna be wild. Um, and I and there's gonna be so much value to this show just because you've been through the gamut, right? So oh, yeah. full transparency, I want people to understand like iron work is tough work. When we're talking about barbarians on this show, this is your literally cookie cutter gentleman right here. Like These are the guys that are rough and tough. They're yelling. They're throwing bolts. There's hammers. There's sparks. There's clinging. There's banging. There's overhead shit going on. I mean, all day long, guys, it's a grind. For the iron workers who listen to this show, you guys know. I know your blood. You're getting little goosebumps right now. (laughs) Calm down, boys. But for those that don't know, like, this is one of the most prestigious, prestigious trades that you could get into. And it's also one of the roughest trades you can get into. And um, Drew – what really what brought me you to my attention, man, is your way to share what you guys do. Um, Drew has a, a really cool and a really well, big social media platform that he's built very well, where he tailors all sorts of cool reels and different things where he takes snapshots of what they're doing day to day. And we'll get into that later. But um, that's what really got is he's a, a great representation of the community and just showing the variety and the, the amount of different cranes, the different kinds, the different things that you do at work the day in the life of like what it takes to build america and, and to have a backbone and dude i just got a tremendous amount of respect for you and your platform so again dude thank you but let's dive in i want oh i want to know about drew tell me tell us about drew jacobs
1: all right well i'm a third generation mohawk ironworker um basically grown up in the trade of ironwork my grandfather was ironworker um all my uncles not my dad. My dad wasn't an iron worker, but all my uncles, every one of my uncles was a uh, iron worker. Out either New York City has been our family's bloodline for iron working. And we've had a couple of my uncles travel out to Boston during Boston's Big Dig back in the, was it the late 90s, early 2000s, I believe, when the Big Dig happened. Um, I mean, my grandfather worked on, I mean, he's worked on... I know he worked on the Empire State Building towards the end, and that's kind of when he got into ironworking at a very young age. I think my grandmother said he was 15 when he came, when he went to the city with somebody. And then after that, I mean, I've had my my uncles have worked on the new trade center. Um, I mean, we worked on Hudson Yards, the big project there. That was That was kind of more, more for me it was better because I got to work with, all majority of my uncles that are left in the business and I got to work beside them and they kind of really, <clears throat> I don't know how to cook, like make it sound nice or anything, but they, they kicked my ass into shape to basically carry on their name. And I pretty much left New York. It got slow during the pandemic and I found my way out into Boston where I've been making my my own name but still carrying on their name because during the so during when they were doing the trade centers there was all kinds of TV shows about it so my uncles were on those shows a lot so a lot of people throughout the US, Canada, probably all over the world know who my my uncles are and who my family is from Ironwork and so I kind of in my mind not in my mind but I guess I have big shoes to fill when people look at them because they're highly respected in the business. And I know like through the social media part of what I do, part of me kind of feels bad for bringing more attention to me when it should be to them. But at the same time, um, I'm not in the city anymore. So I'm kind of just doing my own thing and trying to build my name for myself by also still trying to carry on their the family name in the business
0: right and that's incredible man talk about a lineage right like third generation iron worker new york city iron workers of all places yeah and and you got to come up with the men that built the the foundation of this country essentially right like some of the the bloodlines of it and How cool is that about your grandpa working on the Empire State Building? So, like those pictures you see with the dudes hanging out on the iron eating lunch and stuff, like your bloodline lived to that.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. I know he was young and yeah. I know he was young and then he didn't have quite a long career as an ironworker, unfortunately. He had gotten hurt, I can't remember. When he gotten hurt, and I should know that, I should have known that, but I know he had gotten hurt quite young, and it kind of threw him out of the business. But at the time, I know my uncles were old enough to, after he got hurt, were like, "Well, we're gonna go into the business and we're gonna carry on the family name." So I know, I know, I think he ended up falling. He fell a story and he screwed up his back pretty good, and, and so he was out on on comp or whatever it was back then, some sort of disability they gave them or something like that
0: yeah that's a fall though a story damn yeah damn
1: yeah i mean you fall six feet and
0: <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> it doesn't <know>. feel good <laughs> i know but i'm just thinking good lord dude um we just watched uh, unfortunately that fortunately the kid's okay but uh we had a kid fall 40 feet at a, a job site oh, damn a couple months ago a carpenter his uh column hooked in a set or something and the column fell over with him on it and he went off the side of the building all the way to the ground from like the third floor or something it was wow. bad news bears but he that's survived yeah he survived yeah um anyway moving on so you all you know is is ironwork, essentially right like i mean that's
1: unfortunate unfortunately and if you want to put it that way yeah
0: <laughs> no not a bad way though like that's yeah. just that's what you know is that barbaric go get it clanging and banging. Yeah. Like that's what yeah. professionally speaking, that's what you know.
1: You know, I, I remember as a kid being in our basement at my grandmother's house and my uncle's giving me a belt and being like, you're going to have to try to carry this someday. And I remember I, I was six, maybe seven. I couldn't, I couldn't carry. I couldn't even lift it up. Yeah. I mean, I was like, it was a full belt. They had a beater in it. It was an eight pound beater at the time. And I mean, I tried putting it on and I was like, no, I don't want nothing to do it. <laughs> you know, you're a kid. You're like, yeah, I, this is heavy. I don't want nothing to do with this.
2: Yeah. But
1: eventually, you know, as we'll get to it in the pod, as we'll get to it in the conversation, what led me to actually deciding to step up to the plate and follow the family and carry on the family's name in the business. Cause I'm the only one out of all the grandkids. I come from a pretty big family. I'm the only one that's ironworking out of all the grandkids. Holy cow! Yeah.
0: So you're the last of them. Yeah. For now.
1: Yep. For yeah, for now.
0: That's for now. So what's coming up? What's coming up in in the trades? Like, um, I'm imagining you went as an apprentice, right? Uh, You did it the right way, I'm sure, with your uncles, or did you kind of just get to come on?
1: No, I they. I had to do, I, when I got in, they basically were like, you're going to, if this is what you want to do, um, you're going to have to do it on your own. We're not going to help you because at the time I was going through my addiction, I was in the process of cleaning up my life. I was in and out of jail. So basically I asked them, I was like, Hey, you know, at that, the time in my life, I didn't, I was like, got a criminal record. I did graduate high school. I had a high school um, degree, but at the same time, I was like, I don't want to go to college. So they're like, well, if you want to become an iron worker, go prove it to us. So I had to go get the application, fill it out. Obviously, their name helped me when I told them. And they seen, oh, Jacobs. Hey, do you know Pete Jacobs, Paul Jacobs? Those are my uncles. I was like, yeah, those are my uncles. Obviously... That helped me, but they didn't, they could have called the union hall and be like, hey, our nephew wants to become an iron worker and uh, they could have helped me get in a little bit easier. So I basically had to show them, like, if you really want this life, go do it. Yeah. Show us you want it.
0: Yeah. You got to so earn it.
1: I had to go through. But once I got through all that and I be- I got into the apprenticeship program, they pulled me Right away, like the hall was like, okay, your uncle's got this job. He's pushing this job. He's the foreman. You're going to work for him. You're going to go be his apprentice. And I basically just got thrown right into it. Like they didn't really teach me. My uncles, <laughs> they were just like, show us. Basically, my whole life was show us. You can do this.
0: That's and what. That's what's. I got. I got
1: screamed though. at a lot.
0: Hey. Yeah. That's what makes you a barbarian, though, dude. Like, there's not always going to be a. Oh, somebody to show you how to do something or a one, one size fits all, right? Like it's legitimately like sometimes to get somewhere in life, like you got to just want it and it's pure determination and the ability to get knocked down and get back on your feet every fucking day, like every fucking day. And sometimes that's even minute to minute, right? Like,
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean. So what was, I mean, that there was like? times... your apprentice for your uncle? Like, talk us through that, because I can. I I, I, I know scre- iron I got, workers, right? So, like, pictures- I got
1: screamed at a lot because <laughs> he came from that. He so my uncle Peter, he came from that older generation of ironworker where he was, you know, the old the old school old school guys. So he got in at seventeen when he became an ironworker. So. I basically got broken in the way he got broken in. Screamed at. bolts um,
0: thrown freaking.
1: Boats thrown at me. And it's funny you should say that because I remember we were on this job. And I went down to the crane at lunch with two of our connectors. And I fell asleep on the mat for the crane. And all of a sudden I hear bing, bing. And then I wake up. He's, he was literally four stories up throwing bolts trying to wake me up. And screaming at me to like, get your ass up on the floor and get your ass to work. <laughs> and then I, that was a big wake up call because I ran up, I got up there and I'm like, Hey, I'm sorry. If, he's like, I don't give a shit. He's like, you need to wake yourself up. And I'm like, Hey, everybody else was down there. He's like, I don't care who was down there. You need to wake yourself up. And that was like a big wake up call just in life. Like it's, it's, it, this is on you. Yeah. Like I'm your uncle, but from seven in the morning till three or five, if we were working eight, ten hour days, I'm not your uncle. That's what he told me. The first day I ever got onto a job site with him, it was loving uncle. The ride in. As soon as we walked through that gate, he was like, "I'm not your uncle anymore," and that that, that hit me because I'm like, what, like, what do you mean you're not my uncle? He's like, now I'm your boss. Now you're gonna do what the hell I say, and you're gonna do it the way I want it. You know, like way way it has to be done. I didn't know how to, how it should have been done. Mind (laughs) you, I grew up in a iron worker family. Yeah.
0: You
1: know, they basically (laughs) taught me what not to do. They didn't teach me what to do. They just said, don't do this.
0: (laughs) So then what did you start out as like when you're an apprentice, what did you start out doing?
1: So I was fortunate enough that when I got in, I started out as the tagline man because in New York city, In New York City, the raising gangs are broken down with you got your foreman, you got your two connectors, you got a hook-on man, you got a phone man, and then the tagline guy is usually the youngest guy in the gang, or the apprentice. So they usually reserve most of the time the tagline guy as the apprentice because that's you're gonna learn. Yeah, you're gonna learn every part of the raising gang through that part of just being the tagline guy, which is basically just putting taglines on each piece. So it goes up. You're helping clear the iron through the steel and you're getting the connectors, bolts, and you know, if they need a beater, if they need pins, whatever they're as they're setting, you're pretty much just like you're a ground guy, but you're you're still doing apprentice tasks, but you're also doing journeyman tasks as you're learning what to do. So when you get to a journeyman, you're going to be a good Raisin Gang hand.
0: So you're, uh, you got to avoid doing all the like pan decking. Yeah. Fucking
1: I didn't, yeah. Well, I was fortunate. And... I, I was, yeah, I was very fortunate. I only got to do Raisin Gang through my pretty much whole career. I mean, I've, I've thrown deck, I've bolted up, I've done miscellaneous over the years, but I've been very fortunate that. I've been known to be a raisin gang guy, which is what my grandfather was, which which my uncles are all raising gang. Um, the the couple that passed, I had one pass when I was younger. He was a welder, and I had another one who passed um, in two thousand seven, um, and he was a he was more of like a detail kind of guy. But yeah. for the rest of the family, they were all raising gang. Those were the only two, I guess, outliers in the family who. Didn't go into the raisin gang.
0: So um, I mean, let's be real, dude. Like that's the mm. the creme de la creme in the iron world. Like mm. that's the exciting shit. That's the those are the hot shots mm. on the job side. They're the ones that take the crane and don't give it back. They're the, you know it's, right. It's their job site when the raisin gang shows up. Essentially, like that's how yeah. It goes.
1: They they <laughs> they own the job. They run the job. They make you know they delegate how the speed of the job. If the job's going fast, slow. I mean, you, you've you worked with, I'm sure you've worked with a, plenty of iron workers throughout your time.
0: Oh yeah. Like that, again, that's my favorite thing. Production is my favorite thing. So I, I like going for piece counts. That's not so much a thing anymore like it used to be. Um, especially yeah. when, Especially in 2020, like there was times where you'd wait on, you'd be missing iron out of sequence. You get shit like fifth sequence or something and be waiting on trucks like 10 days and some dumb shit like that to have the first or the second sequence. So we'd shake it out and then yeah, yeah. pile it all back up into a pile and fly it out. I was running a, five, <laughs> a 550 at the time, a Libero. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that was kind of cool. I was doing 25,000 pound trees, you know? People don't get to see that very much right. unless you're running like a Lovecraft. No, you don't something. see that but very it, often. Yeah, yeah. So it was big iron, but it sucked like weight or like, I don't know, dude, like, nowadays 60 piece day is a big day i mean maybe not for where you guys are just but that's a big day now like but there would be the old days you'd hear about where people be you know you're shooting for a hundred to go home and it's like yeah and and it's like
1: you're also you're also dead during those hundred days
0: (laughs) (laughs) you are but it's like from my point there'd be times where we'll be at like 25 pieces at noon and i'm just like come on like you know because we get into it we get into it too dude that's a that's yeah. a team thing. Like, you you got a good phone, man, and you got the right kind of connectors. Dude, that's some of the most exciting shit. In the I fucking love swinging yeah. a tree of iron in, coming in hot. I'm fucking swinging left, trawling out, lining down, dropping it, getting it. I got it in the guy's hands, coming down a little bit easier now. This guy's fishing. He's throwing in a bolt. This guy's sliding it down. He's got a bolt. We're coming down just a little bit. They made their, they hot bolt it really quick, and then they're, Coming down with the next piece guys running across the iron over here, getting a bolt tossed up to him or like it's as as weird as it sounds like there's something about that work that's absolutely captivating especially from the seat like, oh it's you're, yeah you know and to be able to like bang iron off of iron to get it to spin how you want it to bringing it into guys like learning all the little tricks little swinging into your ship for you so it holds your bite for you for a minute while you're fighting yeah. with it like <sighs> There's all sorts of shit it's, I it, it's an art, it's an art, yeah, yeah dude I, it, it's, it's absolutely me all, an art it gets me all excited right now to even talk about it, because. oh like yeah. that's like the pinnacle of what you do, like concrete's cool, building buildings is cool, but it's it's cool to like it's it's all hands on deck, boom, bang, banging shit around, and columns, fucking, and some of them girder be, yeah, dude, ironwork is cool, working with ironworkers is probably my favorite, but. They'll let you know really quick if you're not sufficient, right? Um, and I was fortunate. oh,
1: absolutely. They'll <laughs> weed you out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was fortunate enough in my career to start out, and <clears throat> I just looked at that as kind of a pinnacle. If I could run with ironworkers, like in general, like on running a machine, even especially if it was something I had never run before, that was like a staple. They like, okay, cool, you're good with these guys, then you're good, right? And then you just get yeah. faster and you get better, and then one plus one is two. And the next thing you know, you, that's how I got good is I took my 10,000 reps, taking the most aggressive kind of work and working with like guys from Durr that travel and did different shit, you know? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, but I'll digress. I want to get back into you. So you got in the trades, you were a raising gang guy right out of the gate. Um, your uncles, they made you work for it and they taught you through like hard times essentially and the rough way, the right way. They taught you what yeah. not to do and what to do. And, well, you yeah. learned what to do on your own. You taught yourself that, but they taught you what you don't do. Yeah. And then, um, and then you get into that, and now you're making money. What's that like?
1: So that was pretty much, when I first got in, I was living in Brooklyn, New York, with both my uncles and aunt. Uh, one-bedroom apartment, um, and it was pretty, it got pretty real pretty quick because not only was I living with them, I was working with them, so I was with them 24 hours, 24 hours a day, and, you know, like, you think you're done at the end of the day, and then you, you drive home, get on the train, whatever we did to get to work, and you get home, eat dinner, wash up, and then they're basically, like, you should have did this today. You should have did this today. Like it was just, it it got everyone after a while was like, once you know what to do, get the hell away from them. Don't ever work with family in, in, in this business. Yeah. So I basically learned, I learned through not only my uncles, but I mean, other guys in the gang. I mean, I've had a, a few very good connecting partners in my life who looked out for me when I was green and they taught me pretty much the same thing my uncles would teach me was, okay, where to put your bar, how to manipulate the iron, what size bolts to use, the length. So it was pretty much, cause when I first got into the business, I mean, yeah, I was on jobs as a kid because I'd go with my uncles when I was, when I was off school, like, Christmas, or not Christmas break, sorry, but like, you know, spring break, shit like that. I'd go down to the city and hang out in the city. And then on Fridays, they would commute back up to upstate New York from the city. Because our family, like, we're not from New York City. We're from a reservation, upstate New York on the Canadian border. And so that's a six-hour commute. So they would drive, they drive down Sunday night, stay, work Monday to Friday. Friday, jump in the car after work shoot back up to the reservation where, where I grew up, where I was from. And so basically I would go down there and then Friday be sitting in the car or they would, if I was lucky enough, it was kind of like a small job. They'd take me on the job and, you know, they'd put me at a bolt foreman or they'd stick me in the shanty and be like, Hey, just hang out here until we're going to cut loose at at lunch and we're going to get on the road. So I was on the job as a kid, but I never really, you know, you can watch somebody do something until you actually do it. You know, I mean, you can see somebody do something and make it look easy, but they've put that ten thousand hours in. And then when I got up on the iron, finally, I was, I knew how to climb. I I knew how to walk. I I knew, I knew the fundamentals of ironwork, and I didn't know how to bar a piece in. I didn't, you know, I didn't. The speed thing was don't even, you know, that wasn't even that wasn't even there. And, you know, so. Basically, it was just, my partners would always tell me when I was connecting, after I finally, you know, earned my spot to go up in the air, they basically were like, just take it slow. Yeah, we need to get these pieces up, but make sure you go home and make sure I go home. You know, because when I got into the business, we didn't, we had, we had harnesses. I mean, I'm, I'm young, I'm only 34, but like during the time when I got into New York, you didn't have to tie off still, like you could basically just have your harness on and walk wherever and perimeter edge leading edge or something. That's where they would make us tie off majority of the times. So walking around the iron, I was kind of, I was kind of used to it getting around. What time
0: frame was that? Like 2014, 15?
1: That was, it's, no, that was probably about, probably 12, about 12, 12? 2012. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. About 12. Yeah, so, cause I got in, I got in when I was 21, yeah, I got in when I was 21, I got into the union, um, and that was because I had, I thought I had no other choice to actually do anything with my life, cause I was, uh, coming off of being a drug addict and in and out of trouble with the cops and shit like that, but, but anyways, um, yeah, I just got in with them, and they—they they made me really earn my key and earn my spot at the table, uh, yeah. to be to become a part of the the brotherhood with them. Because the thing with you know, I mean, you know that with ironworkers, there's a brotherhood, but inside, like where I come from as well, because Native American, like, and the Mohawk ironworkers are they've been known so well throughout the years as being good ironworkers. So for me, it was always like, okay, there's pressure to be an ironworker, but also now there's pressure to be, to live up to not only the brotherhood of the union, but now it's like, now you need to live up to our our founding fathers as Mohawk ironworkers and the First Nations ironworkers that also helped, you know, pave the way for the young guys like me to have a career in ironwork.
0: Yeah. And I'd say an incredible job you've done at that, dude. I think that um, I know we just met, but I think like just looking at your page, the way you present yourself, the things you've accomplished in your life, the way you present dealing with hard and holding yourself to a standard, like I I think at the end of the day, you should hang your hat very proud that you represent your heritage and every bit of your family lineage um, very, very well, like very, very well. Um, I want to back off of the ironwork for a second and and dive into um, a little bit of your background that you said, like you came through hard, right? Like, and ironwork is hard, but life is hard. And at any point in time, you can come back from making mistakes. You can change the wheel. You can take control. When I say the wheel, excuse me, not change the wheel, but change the direction of the wheel that you're like. I know what you mean, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But when, when you say that, like, I think it's important when people listen to this, it's, it's 2024 now. Right. So when, when you listen to this, we're just getting started in the year. Maybe you've had some shit happen. Maybe you got, who knows, maybe you got a DUI or you got arrested with this or somebody, somebody, God forbid, somebody passed, or you're just going through it. And it's really important to me for our brothers and our sisters out there that are grinding to take a minute and talk to them about working through hard and about regaining control. Cause for me, um, I'll be transparent with you. And what got me off the couch and into the trades was I'm a Marine Corps veteran myself. So I had some issues with PTSD and mine wasn't in the sense of like, Oh, I want to fight everybody or I'm having flashbacks or nothing like that. I would just lose interest in whatever I was doing at the snap of a finger. And I shared that a little bit on think on the Mark episode. Um, but, but, outside of that, I remember what the turning point for me was as I remember being so just down on myself and so sick of like the way life was and that I grabbed a, I had a bag of blow and I was just like, I'm going to see how much of this I'm, I can do before my heart stops. And I wasn't suicidal. In I there too, brother. Yeah. I wasn't <laughs> suicidal. I wasn't anything. I just was living without purpose. Right. And, and for me, it was just, let's see what happens. And I, and Thank God I never got to that point where my heart stopped or anything like that, where I had to be resuscitated or checked in or probably should have, but I, I didn't, right? Like, but I still think back to that day because one, it was stupid Statue limitations, motherfuckers. You're not going to get me. Sorry. But one, it was stupid Two, I think back to like being so lost and so hurt and wishing like, if I could give any advice to anybody, it's that it's never too late. It's never too late to say enough. Like, this is enough. It's time to move forward. It's time to take progression steps. So, I'll digress about me because this show is not about me. But I, you've been through something hard. Do you mind sharing that with us?
1: Oh, absolutely, brother. I mean, you know, that's just the thing with the trades. And in life as as a man, I mean, we don't have it easy. I mean, you know that. Men don't have it easy, especially nowadays, especially in 2024. Like, we don't have it easy at all. But... Yeah. So back to what I went through. So I came from a very small community and I mean, you know, i said it previous that Native American, so drugs was a big part of our reservation and upbringing. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of, I got into drugs young. Like I was 14 when I started really getting into pills. Like for me, for me, my drug of choice was Oxycontin. I was a part of that whole, like when, you know, everyone knows when Oxy blew up and it was all over Canada, all over the US. So that was really my drug of choice. I had gotten hurt in a snowmobile accident and doctor gave me Oxys. And, you know, after I got better, you know, the doctor cut me off and I was like, yeah, but I still like, I'm hurting. And, you know, then they put me on, then they put me on perks. Cause it was like lower, but after a while I was like, oh, I need these. I need these. Like this is by then I was pretty much an addict. Right. And then that snowballed into Coke. I mean, I smoked crack. I mean, I've, I've done everything under the, you know, everything, but stick a needle. That was pretty much, I always felt if I, always, if I stayed with the nose, I was good.
2: Yeah. So
1: I I put myself, you know, a lot of people I know are always like, I went through X, Y, and Z, you know, or I smoked weed, and then that leads to a gateway. I can say that's 100% BS. Like, you know, I broke my leg and pretty much became a drug addict after that. That's no lie. Yeah. Like, I never smoked weed up until that point. Like, I never did drugs. Like, my family, I came from blue collar, um, military, so you know, no one drank around the kids, no one did drugs, I was a very, you know, hardworking family I came from, and drugs, alcohol, that was, we were always told as kids, like, don't do that, like, you're gonna go to hell, you know, they tried tried to scare us from our kids, you know, you're gonna be a loser, whatever, blah, 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 and, you know, I ended up, I was afraid of it, but by the time, you know, by the time it had, caught me the addiction from being hooked on pills it was too late for me you know and I hit it for pretty much my whole teens of being a drug addict and ultimately led me to getting into you know distribution and you know because once the doctor cut me off of getting it I went to the streets to find it yeah you know and at that point in time I mean not, not saying I'm from the 80s or, you know, where it was easy, but like early 2000s, like, you know, the 2000s was still easy to get whatever you wanted from the drug, like from the streets now. Like nowadays, of course, you got to be careful with fentanyl making its way around. And, it's a different landscape. You know, we've, lost, we've lost so many people. And I always say I'm thankful that I got to experience those before fentanyl, because if fentanyl was a thing, I'd be dead. I know I'd be dead because you could whatever you put in front of me, I was I was taking it Wow. Oh. There was no question about it. And then, so I'm thankful in a way that I went through drug addiction before that time period of fentanyl and getting laced with all the the stuff that's going around nowadays. I mean, you hear stories every day about someone getting a bad hit of whatever it is. And it's unfortunate. It, re- it really is. I mean, I wish more people would realize there's more to life than just chasing a high. Yeah. But ultimately you, you have to hit a rock bottom. Like you, you really have to hit a rock bottom. And my rock bottom was fucking turning 19 in jail.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, you know, and I was fortunate. I mean, I always say I'm fortunate because I I really am fortunate. I look at everything I went through as a blessing.
2: It's a lesson. 100%. And yeah,
1: it was a lesson. And <clears throat> the people I was surrounding myself with when I was younger were older guys, you know, 20s late 20s early 30s guys like that and they were also into selling partying shit like that so i ended up getting in trouble um i was running i was running because where i come from like i grew up right on the border of canada and the u.s so bringing stuff across the border for me was like an easy way to make money i could make money also i could you know provide for my drug habit yeah so it was a win-win for me and then finally, it caught up with me, like it like it catches up. It catches up with everybody, and I got caught. I got caught. I was smuggling cigarettes at the time through the border, like across the border through boats. I got caught by the RCMP. They arrested me, and it pretty much hit me that I was sitting in jail, and everybody I called for help was like, "I don't know you. I don't know who you are." like I mean I mean everybody like I'm like I'm talking about the people that I thought were my friends who could bail me out cuz I knew they had the money to bail me out simply were like oh, we're not answering my phone call like you know like nobody yeah I call my family yeah and you know I call my family and I come like I just said like I come from a very good disciplined family you know what are they going to say like I'm calling and hey I need bail money what did you do um uh, I was doing something illegal. Oh really? Well, sitting there, maybe think about it. Yeah. Like it was it was tough love with me. So finally <clears throat> I finally got clean enough in jail, which I had to get clean in jail. And then my mom had managed to talk to the court and my lawyer into them releasing me to a treatment program. So I went through the hard withdrawal in a correctional facility, which is not the best, not the best place, but at the same time it's where I had to be, you know, I I had to be there. I mean, so I basically went through withdrawal and then finally when I was enough, um, after a year and a half, they released me out of jail. And at that point I was already clean, but you know, my mom had said, well, I found a program that will take him. So, the court allowed for me to get released on house arrest in order that I got sent right to the treatment facility, got the help I needed, and then graduated. And if I graduated, then they would see what they would do after the graduation and all that. Luckily, it went through, everything was smooth. Um, I graduated, went to court, and for some reason, whoever decided, to give me that judge that day, he decided to give me a chance. And he basically told me straight up, he's like, I'm going to give you one chance. If I ever see you come back into this courtroom for anything, I'm going to max out whatever it is. He's like, I don't care if it's a parking ticket. I don't care if it's, you know, jaywalking. I'm going to max your fine. I'll max your sentence out. He's like, you're too young to be going down this road. And that's when I, I got out and I went into community college and at the time I was thinking about becoming a drug and alcohol counselor. Yeah. And then I quickly realized that that's not the life for me, like school No. Nope. and that all that, that life, of, that life in and of itself. So I, I remember exactly where I was. So I was at my grandmother's house. I was in my, I was in, we were in the garage. There was me and my two uncles. And I can't. we were doing something, but I we were working on one of the boats, uh, one of our fishing boats. And I remember clearly, like, being scared to death. The most scared I've ever been was to look them both in the eye and be like, I want to join, I want to become an iron worker. Yeah. Um, you know, I was scared because they, at that point, they knew what I went through. They knew I was a drug addict. Like, in their eyes, that's all I was. Like, they still accepted me because I was, yeah, because I was family. But at the same time, they're like, you know, you've kind of brought shame on our family by dealing drugs, doing illegal stuff, being a drug addict, everything that goes with it. And then for me to basically be like, well, can you help me become an iron worker?
0: Because at that point, I was like, I don't want to go to school. for my honor. Right. right? You know what I (laughs)
1: mean? Which is basically what I was, what I was asking them to do was, can you, can you give me a second chance and let me redeem myself in life?
0: Yeah, for real.
1: And, you know, like my one uncle was for it. Like one of my uncles, he helped raise me, my uncle Paul, he actually was like more of like my father figure growing up, like beside, you know, like besides with my family and all that. And he was for it. He's like, whatever you need, I'm here for you. You know, like, cause he knew like, you know, like he knew that this is gonna be our way of helping him. Like we have to take him away from here, take him away from the community, bring him to the city and you know, maybe it'll help. My other uncle Pete at the time was more like absolutely not. Like, no, like absolutely not. And then I I clearly remember him talk, telling my uncle Paul, like if he's gonna be an iron worker and this is what he wants to do with his life, he's got a vehicle. He knows he knows how to use a phone. He can go down there and he can go to the union, he can go to the hall and ask for an application. We're not helping him. If he wants to do it, do it himself. So basically that's where where my journey started and I had to basically nut up or shut up and go down there and get the application and fill it out and take the test and show them that I want to turn my life around and That's basically where my like real my battle started with becoming a a new person, because it wasn't easy. Like, yeah, I had I had time I had time clean under my belt, and you know I was I had overcome you know going to jail and all the addiction and you know everything that comes with that life, and ultimately was like, all right we're here for you, but we're not here for you. That was kind of like the looking back at it. That's kind of what I got from them. It was like, you know, we can show you the door, but it's up to you, big guy, if you're going to open that door and walk through it.
0: Hey, dude, nobody ever said success was served hot. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes redemption, oh, yeah. sometimes redemption is a cold, is a cold, mm-hmm. cold dish. Um, and what an yeah. incredible story for you to... One, it just shows how self-aware you are, right? Like to be able to realize why you're sitting in jail going through this. Cause most people, what people don't realize is once you're in that, like you get back out and you run back to those people. The minute you can, typically you try to surround yourself with that. So for you to be able to separate that and like make it count, not only for your heritage and for your lineage, but just out of respect for yourself and the value of your own life. I mean, that's incredible. And fast forward 13 years, and yeah, look at everything you've been able to accomplish, you know what I mean? Yeah. Off of one decision, a decision you probably had yeah. to make every day, right? For a while. But, oh, absolutely.
1: But absolutely. I mean, once I got clean though, and I committed myself to being clean and becoming a better person, because like, for me, that was like the greatest thing that ever happened to me was I was hit with like a bunch of hard decisions as a teenager which it's not an easy thing to come back from it's not an easy thing to turn around especially like you're very impressionable at that age and you know teenagers really shouldn't be drinking they you shouldn't because you're you're screwing up your men your your mental and your yeah you know everything about you you're screwing it up because you're and you're in those growing years of you know, you're going through puberty, you're going through high school, everything's, you know, your body's just going through all these changes, then you throw all these substance on top of it. I mean, I can't imagine what it did to my brain back then, you know, like, let alone what it's, what it should, like, what it's going to do in the future of my life, you know, like, I've thought about those things, like, you know, like, what is, does my life look like when I'm 60, 70 years old, because at a young age, I decided to, you know, put chemicals in my body of all sorts of different kind. And there was times, you know, like I would buy fake pills, fake whatever, you know, because I couldn't get the real stuff. And who knows what was in that?
2: You know,
1: so when you're 17, 16, 18, like, you know, you're putting stuff in your, into your body and into your brain and throwing the chemicals off so bad that who knows what it's going to do to me. Like, as I get older, I mean, obviously through my time being sober, I've taken up fitness and, you know, making sure I eat good. And that's been a very big focal point of my life, reading, trying to do things for also not just for my body, but for my mind to just, I'm almost like trying to go back backwards by still going forward, <laughs> but trying to catch up and retrain, I guess, like do some retraining throughout the years.
0: Dude, I'm, I'm no different. Like I've lost 120 pounds in the last year and a half um 2022 i was like 375 today i'm like i float between 260 and 270 right now i'm gonna do another cut soon but i i started 2023 at 327 right and i got all the way down yeah. to uh the lowest i've been yet is uh what did i get down to 257 and this year and uh the story The reason I'm sharing this is for our audience's context is because like there was a day that it just hit me like I can't even respect myself anymore. Like I know there's so much more life to live. Kind of like what you were saying, looking down the road when I'm 60, when I'm 70, even when I'm fucking when we're 50, dude, I'm the same age as you. So like looking at like looking at guys ahead of me, I'm like, I'm in my 30s, in my mid 30s and I can't get my shit together. What the fuck makes me think all of a sudden I'm going to wake up one day, I'm 45 and I've got it figured out. Like, no, no, that starts today, brother. Like you got to Like you got to want it, you know? And thank God, like in my case, I have kids like, because Mm. that was the real eye opener. Like, holy shit. Look at this example. I'm setting on them. Like their dad walks up the stairs and he's, almost needs an oxygen mask. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's disgusting as fuck, bro. Straight up. Like, you uh, know,
1: and not, not, and not only that, it's like we live in a, such a crazy time that God forbid, you know, like, and I I don't wish it on anyone's family, but like, God forbid someone comes into your house, you know, and you can't protect your daughter, your son, your wife, you know, like that, that's also another thing, you know, like if you can't defend them by, being just good enough shape to manhandle someone or, you know, at least try to fight for your life or your loved ones, you know, and if you can't, if, if you're, you know, if you're overweight or if you're not in shape enough to do that, you know, like when the hard times come, are you going to be prepared for that? And I mean, you know, that that's, that's why I do ice baths. That's why I'm always in the gym. Like there's, you know, a lot of people call me like That see my stuff that i post and they're like oh you're crazy like i get it all the time like oh especially when i do my ice bath they're like what the hell's wrong with you and i'm like i'm preparing to be you know when the hard times come because they're gonna come
0: oh i've already went
1: through i've already went through i've already went through hard times before but i i know more hard times are gonna come in my life i'm I'm young i want to be fucking ready for those also
0: yeah and this next time when they come i'm gonna stare them in the face (laughs) and be like yeah absolutely is that what you got really like yeah and, yeah. and dude uh, uh forced adversity is what you're talking about that's exactly what you're talking about it's for, yeah. forced adversity like in submerging yourself in ice and uh i think burpees are another form of forced adversity i see that you do them yeah pretty much daily i do bur- i've been doing burpees pretty much daily i've yeah. been doing burpees every day since november i mean i've been doing burpees for a while now but i have like this sickness to me in the gym right now where yeah I try to challenge myself. So, like, uh, deads December. I'm doing a hundred deadlifts a day, at, and every ten days at a thousand reps, I'm going up in weight. So I just right. did. I just got done doing a thousand at one thirty-five. Now I've, I'm what day two? So I'm at wherever we're at on the scale now. I'm at a couple hundred at one eighty-five, and then I'll be at two twenty-five to carry it out to the end of December, right? right? So, but and I did the same thing in October. But my point with this is is you're absolutely right. There's something about this, like stress test yourself almost. Yeah. Right. Like See what you're made out of. Just to just to be able to run for that day that you need to flip that switch when you have to really run right. in a low gear, like when you right. have to get gritty. And you're right, dude. With the way the world is, especially now, like when you guys listen to this, it's this 2024. Like. Get ready for the ride of your life. Not only is it an election year, the arguably the fight for—oh, absolutely, yeah—the arguably the fight I mean, for freedom and humanity as we know it is happening, yeah. unfolding, right in front of your eyes. Like,
1: there's, mean, there's never a better time. What? There's two, three wars going on overseas right now. Who knows what's going to happen with us if we're going to go? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I—I I, I hate to be the typical guy that's you know is all like talks about like you know the typical guys like jocko or goggins or rogan or dana white but like i mean dana white had just put out a post not too long ago about that like what is this next what is this next generation going to do like when the shit hits the fan they can't we're going to be fucked
0: it is <laughs> on us to be clear it, it, yeah it's our time it's it, it, our generation's yeah. time to rise to leadership positions to rise to power right to to advance and mm. I mean, I'll digress on this because we could do a whole other mm. podcast on this on this topic alone. But like, you know, that, that's why I'm in the city council now. Right. Like I'm I don't want to be seen by people, but nobody our age is fucking doing this. Nobody our age is stepping up and filling the roles that they need to fill to get the shit done. That yeah, they need to get done. And nobody. Yeah. I, I listen to. Um. Are you familiar with Andy Fursilla? I listen to a lot of his yep. shit. Andy's a fucking G self-made mm. billionaire for those in the audience. owns oh, yeah um yeah and he says that personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion i agree with that because there's freedom in that one and two nobody is coming to save us nobody's going to come and do the work for us nobody's going to teach us how to go and get that money that we want nobody's going to hand us our dreams and our ambitions and our passions that are inside of us just fucking burning away at us driving us nobody's going to give that to you it's either you go get it and you teach the next guy to go get it or it dies with us, and i refuse yeah. I refuse to carry that burden, you know
1: absolutely I mean, I will say that's one thing I'm very fortunate and happy that you know my family gave me not only you know uh a life in ironwork, but they gave me a work ethic, and it wasn't just handed to me, you know it was i thought of my I thought of my uncles as you know. I hate to say it, but like I thought of them as fucking gods. Right. You know, there's these larger than life guys. They're on TV ironworking in New York City. Fucking everyone knows them. If when they walk in the room, they're getting handshakes. Everyone knows who the hell they are. And I'm like, you know, so imagine me coming into that and like, you know, everyone's like, you gotta fill those shoes. Yeah. And it was intimidating. It was very intimidating. And it hasn't been till recently. I'd say within the last two years, honestly. When I've kind of kicked myself in the ass and said, all right, it's time, you know, you're a man now. You're not fucking filling their shoes anymore. You need to fill your own shoes so that you can fill those shoes for for them. You know, otherwise I'm just going to, I would just be stuck. You know, I hate to say it, but like, I don't, I'd be stuck in their shoe, like the shadow of them. I was like, I need to become my own man for my own self so that I can fill those shoes.
0: Yeah. Hell
1: yeah! So that's that's what I've been doing, like, pretty much my last couple of years. You know, like, I mean, and you said it too, like, to me earlier. You know, it's been 13 years. You know, and a lot of people are like, oh, they see my Instagram and they see everything I have and shit, and they're like, you know, I hate this. Stuff, must be nice, you know, or oh, whatever, Insta famous, all that love, shit. I'm like, I
0: love it. Bring the hate, motherfucker. Bring
1: I'm it. like, it's been 13 years. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not. A, I'm like, yeah. I will say on Instagram, my Emma Overnight Success, I will say that because I posted one thing about ironworking, you know, next thing you know, it blew up and everything else after that, I post it, just millions of views, all that stuff. And I mean, to me, I don't care. I'm showing the world what we do because I feel we don't get put in the best spotlight as blue collar workers. I'm not doing it for the likes. I'm not doing it for the views. I didn't do it for that shit. You know, I did not do it for none of that. I don't get paid from Instagram. I don't get paid, you know, from nowhere. no one is paying me to make these posts, to tag them, to collaborate. I do it just because the good heart of the blue collar brotherhood. That's why I do it. Just to show people what we do as a trade and the skills we bring to the table. You know, because I mean, everyone nowadays with social media is getting, you know, you got the, everyone's getting love. You mean, carpenters, concrete guys. Iron workers, crane—you know, you guys. Everyone is getting love, which is good for us,
0: because it's
1: showing the world.
0: No, sorry, go ahead. Yeah,
1: it's, it's showing the it's, it's showing the world what we're capable of, and it's sad to say, but the next generation doesn't want to do what we do.
0: That scares the you know, shit out of me, too, dude. Yeah. Who's gonna do it? Like I mean, that scares the shit I mean, out of
1: me. I mean. I've been out, I've been out here working for a year and so far I've ran into two apprentices who have that fucking dog in them, who are going to be good journeyman iron workers. You know, the rest of them are just like, oh, it's a paycheck. It's a paycheck. It's good money. I'm like, that's not the attitude to have. Like you need to carry yourself a little more. You know, I'm not saying you have to walk around with your chest up high and, you know, oh, I'm the best. But at the same time, need to look after each other and look after your brothers and sisters in the trades because we are a dying breed i mean Legitimate. most kids nowadays want to go to college they either want to go to college or they want to be a youtube instagram you know they want to do only fans all that shit like nobody wants to wake up like we do at five in the morning go out in the freezing cold in the winter go out in the blazing sun in the summer and work our ass off for good money I mean, you can make a shitload of money into trades.
0: Yeah. If you chase the work, you absolutely can. And,
1: if and, you chase the work. And yeah. You
0: said it earlier. And if, if
1: you have a good work ethic.
0: Well, that that's another thing. Like, I, I would, I hate to say that's like a, a secret gem, but it it is now. It didn't, it used to, it used to be like, you're not going to fucking work if but you don't, but it is but now. But you
1: can build, you can build a good work ethic. You can build a good work ethic.
0: Yes, you can. Any, and, but you have
1: to be willing to put in the work.
0: And you can start today. That's the cool thing about it. That <laughs> that's an adjustment on the fly. Like I'm gonna choose today to change my attitude. I'm gonna choose today yeah, to learn can... something new. I'm gonna choose today to get better. Dude, you said it earlier in the show. You mentioned you referenced ten thousand reps, and I'm sure you've listened to that in some of the other shows that we recorded. I talk about ten thousand reps to mastery or ten thousand uh hours or whatever to mastery level. That's something I reference all the time because it I mean when I came up in the crane world, that was it. I did everything I could to get to 10,000, right? Like, because that's where yeah. you're at. And 10,000, if you broke that down, I, I haven't done the math off the top of it, mm-hmm. but what it would come out to on like a 40 hour year is six-ish years, about six-ish years. That would get you, which is ironically where you're a journeyman, right? If you becoming an apprentice, five, right. year, five years to journey, but really like a year after or whatnot. But so- it's like five to let's say five to seven years on 40 hours is, is your typical 10,000 reps. But do you have to take five to seven years to get 10,000 reps? Or can you aggressively chase it and do it in three and a half? You know what I'm saying? You know what I, like, that was my mindset. I'm like, why the fuck am I waiting on 10,000 to get to me? I'm going to go get it right. Like, and yeah. I'm going to swing that bat and I'm going to aggressively make these moves. And, you know, it's funny. And yeah. and you know this because of the work you do. But, like, everybody thinks, like, oh, a crane operator. Like, oh, you're just a dumb lever puller. That's the shit that people say. Or they have this anticipation. And Maybe the guy that sits up there and just watches Netflix all day when he's not swinging. Or maybe that guy, sure, you could say that he just pulls levers or does shit like that. But not me. I'm – watching the jobs i'm watching sequences i'm watching phases of work i'm watching i am soaking up everything i can to be honest with you i'm on my phone not watching netflix but i'm fucking networking well, not- i'm well not
1: only that well not only that but like you know i hate to say it, but crane operators don't get a lot of love
2: no, for
1: some strange reason we do that when not- pretty much you know like if you pick something and you have to swing it from point A to point B and in between is a building with people working, you know, that's in your hands, basically, you know, if something were to happen, like most people don't understand that. It's like, if you swing something over and something happens, like that's your livelihood. Like, you know, you might lose your job. You might end up going to jail for it. First of all, especially if you kill somebody, right. You you could get brought up on charges. Like I, I don't think in today's world, People think crane operators as like being like a tough job. Like it may not be physically tough, oh,
0: dude, but that mentally, shit is mentally
1: stressful because oh. I know a lot of crane operators, and I mean, you know, they say it to us all the time. Like when we do something sketchy, you know, they're like, "Are you guys sure about this?" You know, and it's like, "Yeah, rip it up. We're we're fine," <laughs> you know. And they're it's it's nerve wracking. You know, it's, it's like You know, it's like driving through in and out of fast traffic, you know, like, you're, you're, you're trying to concentrate at any minute, something could go wrong. And I mean, especially in our industry, you know, like we're lifting steel beams, we're lifting columns, we're taking trucks of steel, anything happens, you know, it's like, you know, it's, we're not talking minutes, we're talking seconds, and you're either going to the hospital, or you're not going to see your wife and kids. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, it may look easy on our part. But um, could you imagine what's going on through that operator's mind during those critical picks?
0: I can. Absolutely. Especially, yeah. and then on top of that, add trying to keep up with like where the other three cranes that you could touch are. You know You're what right. I'm saying? Like trying to remember where they yeah. just said they were. Like if they were squirted out enough underneath you with their fucking juice rigs, squirted out enough stick underneath you that you got to mm. worry about getting into him with your counterweight or. You gotta try to keep tabs and all this shit or asking, like, hey, did the crawler scoop closer to me? That guy in the twenty two fifty, I can't get a hold of him on the radio. Like, where's he Yeah. where's he boomed down at? Like, yeah, dude, like yeah. no, for sure. But when I say that you know, though, that's like that's the progression. Oh, we're leverpooling. Oh, is. you just throw fucking bolts and holes. like no, I I no. manage stress yeah. like a motherfucker. That's what yeah. I do.
1: You know, and like since since I've, you know, I guess yeah. gotten, you know, more traction on Instagram and that, like, I'll tell you one thing. I stopped reading comments because there was a lot where like, oh, you know, just the haters and, oh, this, job's, this job looks easy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm like, first of all, it may be easy for me, but if you've never done it, how would you know it's easy? Like, I've seen so many people come out. get up on the iron go
0: unwrap that choker for me and just drag it over here yeah how about that just drag it over here you know
1: (laughs) yeah go go drag go drag a inch and an eighth choker over for me you know like in february when you're freezing your fucking balls off and your hands are frozen you know like i mean but that was that was one thing i i did learn early on and i took you know Joe Rogan. I listened on his podcast. He said that he said posting ghost. So a lot of times when I post something, I don't see the, the comments unless it's somebody I know I have it set up that like, like you, you know, like we follow each other. So when you comment, I see your comments, but for the people I don't follow, I, I don't see them because that should eat you. That that should eat you up mentally.
0: Yeah. So on that note, because we're an hour in, I do want to, um, it's you're ahead of me in time i want to respect your time too and uh dude i really appreciate this conversation it's been rad but i do want to for our audience one thing i wanted to get into is um this is part of being a barbarianist: being able to take what you do and kind of create a business with it in a sense like it's not necessarily that like you said you're not getting paid by instagram or nothing but you'd be stupid not to use your influence to get gear or try gear or to, yeah. learn, to to set I'm not yeah. saying that in a rude way but or putting your business up. No, no. like
2: mm.
0: use your skill set yeah. or this this thing that we have right here that's worth right. It's a fucking computer essentially that you have in your pocket yeah. all day long to scroll and do dumb shit or text. Yeah. Spend a couple of minutes going, I do this, da 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 and then Get a little bit of a creative fucking genius to you and set yeah. yourself up to be able to save at the very least, save yourself some cost on shit, dude. You know? Oh like, yeah. So we, do you mind yeah. telling like, I people get, about I, that? Like, what's that like building out your own, like, I, I do,
1: you know, I'm not saying I don't, I don't get paid, but I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten like, I've gotten free stuff Sure. since I've, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like yeah. there's been companies that reached out to me and asked me to send me a box of, stuff and you know try it do a post
2: yeah. you know and
1: honestly if I don't like like I'll I'll take it but if I don't like it I'll tell them straight up like you know I'll tell them how I how I feel about their product you know and I've gotten stuff from Klein Tools who is a you know we spend a lot of money with Klein yeah. and I never I never forgot that when Klein Tools DM'd me on Instagram and were like hey um here's a catalog a link to our catalog, go on there, put your email, um, you know, your address and have basically have fun. I was like, really? Like you're asking an iron who buys your stuff to go have fun on in your catalog. And I went a little crazy. I ain't gonna lie.
2: Yeah, good though. <laughs> you know, but I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. you know, I'm like, I've, I've spent a lot of money on bolt bags over the years, scabbers, buying wrenches, you know? So, It was nice to be in a way rewarded back and being seen in that, in the light of being like, hey, we value as what you guys do. So here's kind of like a kickback to you. And, you know, they sent me a bunch of free stuff and I'm very thankful for it. And there's been numerous companies that have sent me stuff and. I use it, you know, like Stetson's an example. Um they make hard hats because on the job I'm working on, we have to wear the new is the ANSI type 2 with the chin strap. They look like rock climbing helmets. Yeah, it's
0: coming guys. Get over it. Just get over it. It's it's here, you know.
1: Yeah. God. Damn. I wish I had it here, but it, it, it's on the job site, but yeah. so Stetson makes now, you know, it's not the cowboy hat Stetson, it's 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 another company, but uh I believe they go as Stetson safety equipment on instagram but they make more they make kind of a better version of those helmets and i like to wear the full brim bridge hats so i ended up they ended up hitting me up and we were like hey we noticed that i had um the company had given us helmets and they're like hey we noticed you had these type on we you know we hear a lot of people don't like them we'd like to send you a free hard hat and just see what you like about it and you know they sent one out to me and i love the thing to be honest like You know, I'm like, I'd rather wear this because the inside fits more like a bike helmet and it's like more tailored. Like you can tailor it more to your comfort. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i no dummy. I've, I've gotten DMs from companies, you know, yeah. like that are willing to send me stuff and for me to give them a review, you know, make a post about it. Like I'll do it, you know, like at the same time, you know, like you I'm also kind of careful.
0: Right. Right.
1: Yeah. And I've been careful on... Who I allow? Because there's been companies that are just like you go on their page and they got like two or three posts and I'm like, well, I I don't know if you're legit.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, like so I kind of you kind of have to filter through who you do business with
0: yeah. and who you want to
1: associate your name with.
0: But what would you say? I mean, to a the lot of guys go- out there that are missing on that opportunity though. Like let's. I really want people to capital to understand now I'm not saying go out there and put off work to, uh, sorry, somebody's calling. um, I'm not saying go out there and put off work to jump on the internet really quick Instagram and Mm -hmm. be like, Oh, look at this. That that's not, but I'm saying that there is literally, mm, let's just call it money for time's sake. There, there's opportunities cash literally just sprinkled all around you all
1: kind of floating
0: all day if
1: it's kind of floating out there if you know how to catch it
0: yeah so yeah
1: you know and i mean like you said everyone has a smartphone nowadays everyone has some sort of smartphone and i'm not telling guys to you know not be working i mean because a lot of the a lot of the, the posts i do you know yeah i'm at work yes i'm working i get that yeah well, and I'm in a raising gang, so this may not work for a lot of other guys. It works it's been working for me in with social media is so when we send off our tree of iron after we tree everything, I'm working throughout that process. Once my job's done and it's getting sent to the connectors, and I make sure that all my next pieces are ready beforehand, so I have a little bit of downtime. Because all my steel is ready. We've, you know, we've pre-wrapped, you know, we send five pieces up in a tree, make sure I wrap the next five or the next 10. So they're ready during that time. It's like, okay, it's not like I'm just standing there with my, you know, my thumb up my ass. I actually have prepared myself ahead of time because my work's done now. And I have maybe four or five minutes of downtime. I just whip out my phone. I'll take videos. I'll take pictures, you know no one says anything to me because it's not affecting the work. I'm getting my work done and still getting my personal work done in a way. Yeah.
0: To be honest with you, instead of, instead of doing this and just reading a text or looking at the little red notification button, you're going, yeah. Make money, 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 money. You're
1: you're just like exchanging your time. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, and like I get, I get it. People are like, you shouldn't be on your phone at work and all that. I'm like, I'm getting my work done before I'm on my phone. Yeah. Like, I'm not on my phone all day at work, you know? Like, uh, people, may it may come off that, like, when you see my Instagram and you see, like, my social. Yeah, but that's that,
0: bullshit anyway, you know, dude. Half those guys are standing in front it, of me and, you know? and rented it, you know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, <laughs> and it's like, I've gotten my work done, made sure everybody has what they need. You know, if the guys need bolts or, you know, my partner needs a hand, whatever it is, I make sure that's done before I pull my phone out and, you know, take a video or take 10 pictures because nowadays, you know, with a smartphone, you can just hit it a bunch of times and take a bunch of pictures. You know, like a lot of times I, a majority of my stuff, it's just, I'm not even looking at it. I'm just pointing and doing it while I'm like, Hey, like talking to somebody because I'm going to edit it later. And I'm just going to take the voices out with music or, yep. you know, put voice over or whatever. So I'm like, you know, or I'll just put my phone down. Like there's, I have reels of my phone just sitting there with us picking iron.
2: Yep.
1: It's like, that's not hurting anybody. Cause the phone's just there recording. I'm working, you know? Yeah. So I've, I've kind of get, and I've kind of gotten into that mentality of like, you know, you really don't have to give a shit what other people say. That's what it comes down to. What, you like, if you're if you're getting your work done, who gives a shit? Like, as long as the work's getting done and the company's making money and everyone's happy, who gives a shit oh. at the end of the day?
0: And quite frankly, uh, all those guys that are hating on you are going to be the first guys to come and ask you, like, dude, can I get a pair of those heat waves that they sent you? Like, can you hook me up? Yeah. With-? Dude, you think you can yeah. get me a Klein bag or a scabber? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, there that's what's funny. When you start getting yeah. shit, then nobody says anything. But for the people that are listening well, to this, thing- you just got to go. You just got to – there's opportunities everywhere. Do it. do it. Record what yeah. you're doing. Think about this. There's people yeah. on YouTube making millions of dollars to set up a camera and take videos of them working. Like – Plumbing and doing right. different shit, and then they put it on YouTube. Somebody else learns from it. It hits. It gets. Mo- this is no different.
1: Well, I I think I think the big thing, and I've I've kind of seen it through other guys who've tried to, you know, go and try to do social with construction, and it's the criticism that comes from our own brothers. Oh my That's God. that's been the main. That's been the main thing that I've noticed about since I've kind of gotten big on social is that most of the hating that I get is from, you know, it may not be guys I work with, you know, because the guys I work with are, like, they're all studs. They're great guys. Yeah. You know, I tagged them, I post, like I put them in there so they, they can get traction. You know, I'm trying to promote them as well. And, you know, at the same time, you know, like everyone I've gotten, negative about um it's someone in the trades
0: I'm dude i'm here to. it's tell someone you. in the trades oh it's all the time but i'm here to tell you if i had yeah. if i had you on the ground like i just appreciate cool shit so like as a crane guy especially my hands are always full right like yeah like all that shit that i get to mm-hmm. see and like how sick it is i love mm-hmm. when somebody will take a video and like send it to me yeah. and like i get to see more- and doing what you know and,
1: and what's the harm in taking a video just to show people like there, there's no harm in that well, you know like that's that
0: that's one of the things that so many people like like it remember when you were right. proud of what you did mm. every day or yeah. have pride and like yeah i'm a fucking iron worker or yeah i'm a yeah. tower trade operator so what mm. like dude there's something like, to be said like about the iron hanging out a bunch of iron with the same raisin gang and at the end right. of, when I, You know what I take as a sign of respect, and this isn't like kissing your guys' ass or nothing. I work with a lot of different traits. But a sign yeah. of respect, a sign-off to me is when the Raisin Gang guys are all like, that guy's the shit, that operator, which you know how it is, dude. You you guys get a guy, and he's good, and that's your guy. Like, you will yeah. take care of that guy. Like, that's like, for me, there's nothing like when I'm walking up to the job site, if, if it happens to be one of the days that you guys are on site before I'm up the crane like and like hey good morning brother blah 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 blah. like and all the guys that like the iron worker guys are the ones that are excited to see you like all the guys are out there really busting ass like all the ones that traditionally everybody's afraid of like working with them because they run people off or yeah 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 maybe less people like you know what i'm saying but not me and like
1: yeah and, that, and that's like the, like and that's the thing with me and like i'm all, and i I can only speak for myself sure like, yeah that's i treat i treat everybody everybody equal I treat everybody with the oh like the best respect everything you know that's that's how I was raised except I don't give for a shit with yours
2: <laughs> I've done roughing before,
1: so I <laughs> just But, uh, I mean, you know, at the end of the day in the trades, we all, you know, we shit on each other, friendly shit on each other, but at the same time, anybody who has the balls to go out fucking, whether it's be a plumber, electrician, a laborer, crane, iron worker, rebar, whatever, whatever your cup of tea is in the trades for me, everyone has my respect because I mean, it takes balls to do all those jobs. Yeah. They're not easy jobs. You know,
0: and we need more people. They're, flat out, no, we do
1: more need people. more people. We're yeah. gonna
0: lose this. Shit. You know, like legitimately, we're gonna mind lose you, We this.
1: may, we may shit on you as being a plumber or labor or whatever, <laughs> yeah. but at the same time, we love yous and we, and we need yous. Like we, we need all those guys. We need all those girls. We need, we need everybody from you know, the porta pot, the porta potty people to right up to you guys. You know, setting iron with us and swinging shit over our heads. We need everybody.
0: Oh. You're right, dude. Everybody does play a role and it's easy to pick at it, just it's just easy to pick at it. But at the end of the day, I'm the same yeah. way as you. I, I just I respect people for the work that they do. Period the end. Yeah. Like if you're a lazy sack of shit, though, I will tell you from being in the sky, and I'm sure you being when you connect, you can see it too. It is really easy to see who's got that get it done and who is a lazy sack of shit. Like and yeah. it stands out fast, like fast, Yeah, you know, just looking down. At I mean, watching. and
1: that's, and that, that goes across more than just the trades. I mean, yeah. you know, you're, you used to be a Marine. I mean, I'm sure you had your go-getters in there. You had your in-between and you had your, you know, you had your knuckle draggers that were just, you know, holding your platoon, holding your squad back, you know?
0: Yeah. And I bet you I've been uh, every character you know. in that story, to be true, honest with Yeah. You. You know, what I mean? This is, you know, same with me, yeah. you
1: know, I mean, <laughs> the yeah. only the only way to, to get better is by staying with it every day and telling yourself, I'm going to learn. I'm going to get better, you know, and that's the thing with the trades. Like they tell you when you get in, get thick skin
2: because
1: yeah. you're going to get you're going to get yelled at. You're going to get screamed. You're going to get, you know, you're going to get everything in between. You're going to get teased. You're going to get made fun of, you know, and. You know, most people think of that as bullying, you know, but like, usually the guys who have thick skin, they thrive in that and it just builds them because it's like you're talking shit to me. You're telling me I suck. Well, I'm going to show you and I'm going to get better. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be in a month, but someday I'm going to be that guy that you're like, holy shit, he's a fucking good hand.
0: And when you show up that day, dues paid, motherfucker. It's respect, period, the end. Yeah, it's respect, respect. you know,
1: and I mean... Yeah. You have to put in those reps. You have to put in the time. You have to put in the work. And that's what anything, whether it's becoming the best crane operator, yeah. iron worker, whatever it is you want to do, like you have to put that work and you have to put those reps in to get you there. You know, no one else is going to do it. I'm not going to do it for you. You're yeah. not going to do it for me. No. So,
0: But what I am going to do is you respect know. you for doing it a hundred percent right right back to you brother i'm gonna see it and i'm gonna be like dude that's a real motherfucker right there. yeah well drew because i know it's getting late let's get to questions here dude i love your mindset so i'm excited to ask you these questions for our audience man Um, i'm gonna ask you the staple question of the show you already know what's coming because i mean this is the question it's what is a blue collar barbarian to you
1: a blue uh blue collar barbarian to me Someone who can wake up every fucking day, put their boots on, go out, bust their ass, make sure their brothers and sisters go home at the end of the day, and fucking do that day in and day out, and just provide for their family. And not and ask know for that when they nothing. look in the mirror, and not look, yeah, not ask for nothing, but know when they look in the mirror, they're fucking proud of the work they're doing. Hell
0: yeah. Fuck yeah. I'll t- all day long. I couldn't agree more that, like I said, the only thing I'd say is they're, they're the guys, they don't need the pat pow- on the back. They don't need the recognition. Yeah. It's kind of like the things that you were describing when you're talking about it yeah. for you. You're like, I just want to make my heritage and my lineage proud. I want to redeem yeah. myself for my past mistake. I want to find who the fuck I am and yeah. build this life I want. So yeah, dude, coming from you, that, yeah. that's a powerful statement. Moving right along on the next question, what advice would you give someone that's like a younger person or maybe even not a younger person, but just somebody getting started as an iron worker?
1: I would say the job is very physical. It's very hard. The best advice I would give anybody is don't be afraid to, well, probably going to give a little bit more than just one, but don't be afraid to ask questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question like if if you don't know something just ask someone may give you a hard time over it but at the end of the day they're probably going to teach you the right way to do it and the second thing to stick with it it's a fucking hard job but it can be a very rewarding job once you've earned your stripes and you've learned the trade and learned how to do it it's a very rewarding brotherhood and sisterhood i mean i've worked with some of the greatest people in the u.s and in canada like I've worked with people from both sides of the border and sure times can be tough with people. You, you meet all different types of characters, but at the end of the day, they all want to see you carry on the legacy of being a union iron worker. Hell yeah. Whether you're from the East Coast, the West Coast, North, South, doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. Um, how can you make yourself more marketable as an iron worker? And when I say that, I'll, no, I'll give you I would a better s- context, right? So, like, how can you make yourself to where you're more of that sought-after hand? Like, you're that guy that, like, you, when you come on a job, you're running a you're raising game. Like, how do you become the guy that you handpick or that you're calling, hey, you ready to go back to work? Like, how? you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> That's, it's, it's an easy but tricky question, that, especially in our trade, because, what I've come to really realize is your last name is all you have. Basically, your name is what you have. And what you decide to build that name into is going to dictate you moving forward in life, in not only in ironwork, but in everything in life. Because when people hear your name, the first thing they're going to do is associate you with what they've heard about you. So the best thing I could say is show up every day, fucking work, work as much overtime as they throw at you. I know a lot of people say you don't want to commit to the company, blah, 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 all that, all that stuff. But at the same time, the harder you work, people around are going to know that this guy shows up every day. He doesn't take time off and he busts his ass every day. I mean, we have our days, you know, we're not all robots and superheroes, but ultimately just show up, put your head down, grind it out every day build a good name you'll be taken care of for a long time in this business
0: yeah hell yeah that's solid advice and I, I, would, I would say like um and this is just i'm not an iron worker but from the perspective also is um run when you're young at this when you're trying to build your name yeah. when you're trying to build your name if they send you to go get more bolts if they send you go get a can of fucking wd-40 if they send you to get a gas can do it. run don't walk run yeah don't go to the bathroom and take 10 minutes to get your fucking belt back on and then check all your fucking text messages and then meander your yeah. way back. Like, go. Go, go, get it done. go. Yeah. And, like, run. Yeah. Like, be a yeah. gopher. I mean, yeah. But be the best goddamn gopher there is on the job site. And, and don't yeah. shy away from cleanup. I can't tell you how much yeah, I see I that shit where there's the fucking crew lead or the foreman. Is rolling up fucking taglines and stuff. If you're the fucking apprentice, or you're a young guy, or any guy, right? Get that fucking tagline yeah. or those cables out of his hand instead of sitting there watching him do it and do and take over mm. that shit. Take that and yeah. run. Like do the those little things will separate you exponentially down the road. Oh yeah. Everybody around you. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: If you if you just do what you have to do, and you got a fucking good sense of humor and you take everything as with a grain of salt you're gonna go far in anything yeah anything you do you know a there's a lot of people give iron workers shit about being tough on our apprentices but there's a reason for it it's because our job is not only stressful and physical it's dangerous yeah, yeah we tie off we have harnesses but one wrong move and you're you're either eating through a straw you're going to be laid up in a hospital or your family ain't seeing you
0: for real or you're missing digits you know or yeah yeah exactly i mean that happens all the time so yeah uh,
1: yeah i know guys i know guys who are missing eyes i know guys who are missing fingers legs arms oh. like it it's it and it's just you know a, a millisecond and something happens like you have to be on you have to be tuned on when it when it comes to ironwork no you no know, no that's not what all aspects of ironwork cuz there's there's different parts of it but majority of the time you need to be in tune on what the hell is going on because shit happens in a second and i mean we're basically you're you're done
0: yeah it, yeah like you said and it's seconds it's not minutes it's not oh, oh like whoops i was not paying attention.
2: Like, yeah
0: or yeah. i was checked out for a half a second thinking about birds or something staring at, and I, yeah. I missed putting my hand up to catch the iron and it fucking hit me like yeah. it's the silliest shit. Um, last question I have for you is, uh, what advice, what, what leadership advice come and This is speaking from a position where you're like the crew lead, you're the, you're the foreman, you're the raising gang boss, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, what leadership advice do you have for men and women in the trades today? Our brothers, our sisters out there, this isn't specific to just iron working, but like, from a leadership standpoint, what advice could, would be your best piece of advice to get people in our community?
1: Have an open mind, have an open mind to things and kind of just to hear what others have to say. Cause I mean, there's, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. And, you know, I would just say to be a good leader, you know, you want to you want to show through example as well. You know, I mean, I've I've worked with some really good foremen. Um, actually, with one of the foremen that we have right now is one of the most fucking solid dude, and he's a young guy. He's younger than me. One of the fucking best hands I've ever worked with. I mean, you know, he gets in there, gets his hands dirty with us. Um, you know, he's he he he's, he's a true leader because you know he puts his he puts his name where his mouth is, you know, like he's, he's a stud in, in my eyes. And yeah. I, I love working with him. I love working beside him because, you know, you get, you know, we get forming sometimes and, you know, don't have an Eagle. Like you should not have an Eagle. Like oh. we're all here. We're all journeymen. Let's just, you know, get a good, get a good group, of, get a group good, good group of guys together who all get along, jive good. I mean, you guys can make a shitload of money together. <laughs> it's all it takes is one one bad apple to, you know, to kind of mess that up for for a lot of guys. But I would say the best thing would have an open mind with the people you work with and the people you surround yourself with, and don't don't be afraid to say no too to to certain things, especially if you you know it's going to put you in harm.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, you know, don't don't do something if. You, you are not going to, if, if someone says something that they'll do it, if you don't want to do it, say no, Yeah, you're not going to get fired over it. You might, but I mean, at the same time, what if that did go wrong and now that guy's not going home and you decided that because, you know, swallow your pride. Sometimes you have to swallow your pride or it could lead to you not going home.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's incredible, that's why I
1: was, yeah. So i always say kind of have an open mind with everything and all your surroundings and everybody around you because you know somebody might see something at a different level than you and it might just be better or they might say i don't think that's going to work let's do it this way yeah communication teamwork the best thing you could do
0: yeah no dude incredible advice and thank you well dude i've had you for an hour and a half Mm -hmm. it's getting late um we're on our closing thoughts now. Do you have any book suggestions that you want to leave with our guys or any quotes you want to share with the audience? I think it's just as important to feel people mentally. You've actually given a ton of golden nuggets in your advice. This has been an incredible show, but do you have anything you want to leave people with?
1: So I've, I've become kind of a, a reader in the past couple of years and, you know, I don't want it to sound too, you know, most typical but the book that really changed my life was it was from Jocko and it was extreme ownership I mean you know I I suggest anybody I mean who just whether you're an an, an addict whether you're you work whatever nine to five blue collar whatever it is if you really want to transform your life I'd say that's probably one of the best books to pick up Uh, another book that I've read is Uh, Actually, it's called The Wolf, and (laughs) wait, I got it right here. It's Staring Down the Wolf, and that's from, uh, he's another Navy SEAL guy. He's an older guy, and he wrote a book. Uh, He was in Vietnam, and it's basically Staring Down the the Wolf is what you want is that wolf. Like, everything you want in life is that wolf. You need to learn how to deal with that wolf and stare at it long enough to, like, basically... Put Yourself in His Eyes. Yeah. They're, those are two good books because they're both good books about dealing with not only self-discipline, but self-doubt, which is a big thing in, in a lot of our lives. A lot of us are doubtful of ourselves. And, yeah. you know, it, it takes time to really build up a confidence, build up the callus of a confidence to be like, no, I am worth this and I'm worth what I want in life and I don't give a, you know, I don't give a shit who you are. You're not going to step in front of me, you know, and stop me from attaining my goals, whether it's family, friends, you know, I've had to give up a lot of people in my life to put me in a position to where I am today. Like I've had to walk away from people to become sober for this long, to be able to, you know, have the life I've built for myself. Like, like you said, it's been 13 years and everyone sees the shit I have now that the nice house, you know, I have an apartment, you know, I've invested my money, stuff like that. But at the same time, you know, everyone's like, Oh, it must be nice. I'm like, it's been 13 years of me grinding my ass off, reading the right books, learning how to properly invest my money to put myself in this position, you know, like, so, (laughs) but I would say start with extreme ownership. if, If no one's ever read it yet, if, if, if you're a reader or you can get the the audio book of it, it basically that, that book changed my life and it put me more on the, what I want in life. I'm going to have to go out and get it. I'm going to actually have to do the work, bust my ass, make sacrifices, you know, to get me to what I want in life. That's all it is. It's hard, hard ass work. And you know, the life you want is waiting in front of you but you have to be willing to put into work. You ain't willing to fucking pick up a shovel and start digging. You ain't, you ain't going to get nothing in life.
0: No, you're not wrong. No, that's incredible. And I'll have to check out that staring down the wolf. I've read extreme ownership and the the, the dichotomy of leadership. I've read both of those. Um, uh, I recently too, I, the last two years, are you familiar with 75 hard? Yep. I've completed 75 hard twice. And so, um, that has nice. propelled me now to like where I read pretty much throughout the year. I read something every day now, yeah. right? And um, I think I've read – right. I just finished uh, like book number 25 or 26 on the year, which is – dude, I didn't read 26 books through high like life growing up, right? So to, Yeah, me neither. <laughs> so to do it a year, I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, you know? Um, yeah. But no, th- that, that's a great suggestion of but, a book. For you – But that
1: goes back to – that goes back to doing the shit you don't want to do That's and it. forcing yourself to do it.
0: That's it. I don't like reading, and but I do it.
1: I don't like reading either. Yeah. But I force myself to read, and I don't, you know, I don't have the best vocabulary. I don't have the best reading. I read at my pace.
0: You know, I heard this, you'll appreciate this quote. Um I, I heard this from uh I can't remember who it's from. I I keep referencing first form, but it's just it's not because of that. It's just the, a lot of those guys mindset aligns with mine, but yeah, somebody from there, they're winners. Yeah. That's it. You know, but somebody from there said something the other day, it wasn't the other day. I heard this last year, but, um, it was, I'm not a runner. So I run like, and it's, and it was the, the whole concept was like telling yourself, like, you can tell yourself you're not this, but you're running. So are, when do you become oh, when do you become a runner? How long are you not gonna be a runner? How long are you not gonna be a savage? How long are you not gonna be a leader? Oh I'm not a leader. Yeah. Oh I'm broke, I'm not worth this. I'm not Well, when are you gonna be? So if you're when not a runner, start running. If you're not a reader, yeah. start reading. You know what I mean? If I'm you're reading. not a leader, yeah. start leading. <laughs> like I know that right, yeah. but like for real, like it's like yeah. choose today to start. For tomorrow, like literally, yeah, and and then take every the step.
1: Yeah, they can be, you know, they don't have to be big steps, little steps.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, you got to crawl before you can walk. You got to walk before you can run.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean,
1: it's that easy. I mean, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people that I've seen in life, you know, and I'm not a millionaire. I'm not, you know, I'm not like you know, a lot of these wealthy. Motivationable people, but in my mind, I have—that's what I want in life. Yeah. So you, you will, be. and so I will be. Yeah. You know, and I and I tell people all the time, I don't give two shits what you think of me, because mm-hmm. you're not going to put food on my table, pay my bills. You know, like this is all on me. Yeah. Like this is all on me. Like I don't have, you know, I don't have people to go to to be like, oh, you know, like I don't have a wealthy family. We're blue collar. You know, so I want to put, I want to make the best, like my grandfather had a good name. My uncles have a good name. So now in my life, I want to put myself at the pinnacle of our name. Yeah. And I think that's just that, you know, motivational. I mean, not the motivational. that's that competitive drive in me to be like, okay, you know, my, I'm like, in my eyes, I'm like, my uncle's put, may have put our fucking family name, you know on national TV, whatever. I'm like, I want to take our name fucking globally and say this family is fucking breeding fucking savages and breeding winners, you know? Because in my eyes, they're winners, you know? And I'm like, all right, if you set the bar here for me, my uncles, I'm like, I need to take that motherfucker up here. I'm like, I ain't just going to do good. I want to bring it up here. I want to show that not only did I follow your steps, but i did it to the best i could but also brought it up and brought our family up to where everyone fucking knows it's not just you know a couple documentaries that were shown on discovery channel when they were building the trade centers and <clears throat> with the you know all the ironworker documentaries that have been done and my uncles have been a part of it over the years you know like they were they were just in the right place at the right time but they are fucking savages. Like, right, those right. fucking are some of the hardest working men I've ever, you know, had the chance to be a part of that bloodline. And I'm happy to be a part of it, and it drives me to be even better than what they were.
0: Fuck yeah. And that's how it should be. You should yeah. want to be better. I don't want to be equal. Yeah. I'm here to be the fucking best. Yeah. Period. The end. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: Like- it's like, I looked up to them as heroes. I want them to look up at me and be like, he fucked like He did it. He did it. Like, he's making us proud. Fuck yeah. And I've yet to hear that from them. Like, you know, I may never hear that, but I keep every day trying to do that so that one day, you know, it might happen under deathbed. It might happen whenever. But I want, that's like what I'm working to is them to be like, like, you're you're doing us proud. You're, You're doing our family proud. That's, that's in my eyes. I've, I would... That would be better than being a millionaire, a billionaire, whatever it is. Like to me, that's that's my pinnacle of what I want in my life. I may never get it, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not gonna stop working,
0: yeah, whether I get that or not. I bet you, you see that day. I bet you, you. Yeah. I bet you that feeling's probably already there, just mm-hmm. not shared. I mean, your mindset's incredible, and like you said about yeah. trying to be the best. It's like me. You see this little blue guy mm-hmm. right here. Like I'm taking this, yeah. and I want to see it on a building, and I want that building right. to produce that character in people's soul that walk out of that fucking building and into the workforce and into their communities to lead and to like, yeah. that's what this is about. This isn't about like getting a free shit or trying to make some money or no. trying to be the next Joe Rogan. Like with all due respect to Joe right. Rogan, he's built, I want to be bigger and I want to be bigger because yeah. I want to impact bigger. I yeah. want to do more. I want to. And that's more.
1: the thing. Like, and that's the thing with Joe, he would want you to be bigger. A hundred percent. You yeah. know, Yeah. Everybody he tells to start a podcast, he wants them to be bigger than him.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I want you to be big. I want you to do good, you know, because you've given me the opportunity to come on your podcast Mm -hmm. and given me an opportunity to share some of my story. You know, like I'm rooting for you, you know, I'm rooting for you to win. I want everybody in the trades to win, like for real, because we bust our ass every day. You know, we bust our ass every day. And if, we d- we deserve to eat at the big table,
0: too. And if you can get out, then that's going to show all of the people around us that there's a way out of the yeah. matrix, that there's hope. Yeah. Right. And that's going to inspire And there's going to be else. haters. Fuck them.
1: And there's going to be haters. There's going to be fucking guys that are going to want to tear you down. There's going to be one of the guys that tear me down, tear everybody down. Those are the people you don't fucking want at your table anyways.
0: Bah, see you later. Yeah, go over there. Yeah, go over there. Go. Yeah, go do it better than me. That'd be great. Like I don't care.
1: Yeah, you know. Go do what I do. Go do what I do. If you can do it, then you shouldn't be talking shit because the people who are talking shit to you can't do what you do. That's it. Don't have the balls to do what you do. And they're not trying what you're trying.
0: All the and they're not trying. And and quite frankly, uh, Andy and all those guys talk about this too. Um, I think even Tim Grover talks about this. Like that the guys talking about you aren't the guys ahead of you because the people winning, because no. the people winning are rooting for you. They're not talking about you. Fuck yeah. They're rooting for no. you.
1: They so, want you to succeed. Yes. They want you to be, they want you to do good.
0: Yes. So like, anybody making noise is trash.
1: And that's what, And that's in life who you need to surround yourself with it yep. are the people who are going to be there for you on bad days and good fucking days. When you feel like saying, fuck, I'm on episode 50, I'm, I'm only getting 20 views. Yeah. That's when you need those people to be like, bro, stay the fuck with it. Yeah. You promised yourself you're going to do this. Stay with it. You know, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, I know you do good, but at the same yeah. time, you also need those people when you're going to have those slumps, 100%. bro, fucking stay with it. Stay fucking with it. Cause that's what it takes.
0: Yeah. And if you, you know, can take that the same mentality who get- in your career every day. And you can be that guy on the job site for the guys around you. I yeah. know it sucks today. I know it fucking sucks, brother, but stay with me. Stay with me. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. You're that charisma. Yeah. You're that energy. Guess what? That superintendent that you think's not watching from his job box? Oh, he's watching. Oh, he's watching. Oh, he's watching. Yeah. Just because he doesn't say shit to you doesn't mean he's not watching. He he knows his winners from his losers, dude. And if you've oh, if yeah. you become that ravaged them. dog out there that's just <clears throat> all all eat like all eat ready to yeah. eat all the time guess who's gonna get the five over scale <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean guess who's gonna, yeah. get, that who's gonna get the overtime yeah
1: who's gonna get that weekend work
0: yeah
1: you know he's gonna ask the guys who are fucking there even on rain days yeah. like i know that's a big stigma with iron workers we don't work in the rain <laughs> but <laughs>
0: sort of true <laughs> It just depends on yeah, what's I mean,
1: going on. <laughs> I've worked in the rain before, but it sucks. But at the same time, I mean, sucked it up and dealt with it.
0: Yeah. That's all you can you know? do, dude.
1: That's all you can do. You know? I mean, fuck you. Who cares if you're wet? You're going to go home. The faster you get it done, the faster you're going to go home. Because most of the time, if you're stuck in the rain, you're not going to stay there all day. They're going to be like, hey, get it and go. Fuck yeah. So fucking just put your head down, suck it up, get get wet, and get it done and... The faster you get it done, the faster you go home.
0: That's it. Well, well, Drew, we said we were closing the show 10 minutes ago. We got to stop yapping for these people. So anyway, Drew, I appreciate your time. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And you can reach Drew. uh, Reach out to him with any questions you may have. Reach out to me. I can put you in contact with him. And we hope you guys all continue to win.